0: you're listening to the locked on broncos podcast hosted by cody rourke your daily broncos podcast The Denver Broncos inquired about a key quarterback that was made available via trade, but they decided they weren't going to pull the trigger. We talk about the pitfalls of that on today's episode. Locked on Broncos, folks, from the South Stands to the Enzo. Welcome back into a brand new episode of the show, folks. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Denver Broncos insider for the Locked on NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Locked on Broncos. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our good friends over there at Spotify Today's episode of the show, we talk about the Broncos' initial interest in Matthew Stafford, why the move did not happen. We take a little bit of a look at the Deshaun Watson situation as well. Plus, it is Mailbag Monday. We're answering some key questions from Broncos fans as it pertains to the events that went down this weekend with the Broncos' interest in Matthew Stafford, amongst many other things on today's episode of the show. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the action right here, right now in today's episode, Locked on Broncos. The big news over the weekend, the Detroit Lions dealt Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for two future first round picks 2022 and 2023 and a third round pick and Jared Goff. Jared Goff is now a Detroit Lion and now Matthew Stafford is playing football for the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay. The Denver Broncos were a team that picked up the phone and they inquired about what it would take to acquire Matthew Stafford all and at the end of the day, George Payton ultimately decided what the Detroit Lions wanted from Denver was too much than what George Payton would be willing to part ways with as the team's new general manager here. And something along the lines, 9 News Mike Kliss had put out there that Detroit inquired about. Some of the Denver's young core, some of the young players that they do have, Andrew Locke, and also obviously pick number nine in this year's NFL draft. And at that point, Denver decided it was not enough for them to be able to say, hey, look, we're going to pull the trigger. We're going to make this happen. We're going to bring in Matthew Stafford, who's in his 30s, who is looking to start brand new. Now, when you look at the appeal of Denver, absolutely, you can make it. And a lot of people say that Denver is not a very fascinating place to come and play. A lot of people said that about the GM search, but guess what? Denver got one of the top GM candidates that were available this offseason. Now, Matthew Stafford, I think he would have jailed really well in Denver in this system with Pat Shermer, also with the talented weapons of Cortland Sutton, Albert Okwabunam, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, if he comes back, Philip Lindsay, and Melvin Gordon at the running back position and a better offensive line than probably what he's had in quite some time. There's definitely appeal there. However, when you look at the pros and cons of George Payton's decision, I like that he stuck to his guns. He said it in his introductory press conference that the team was going to be aggressive but they were not going to be reckless with how they acquire players and how they decide to build their personnel. Now, in my opinion, I think this was the right decision for Denver because I think giving up your first-round pick that you have this year, pick number nine, I think obviously maybe even adding another first-round pick or even a later mid-round pick at some point, Drew Locke, obviously one of those guys there, and some young defensive talented playmakers, maybe some of the offensive talent that Detroit inquired about, would be giving up way too much than what Denver was necessarily doing. Now, if we look at the trend of Dever in the last offseason, you know what they did last year? They fixed some of the defensive holes that they anticipated they were going to have in free agency. They brought in a couple of players. They traded for a couple of guys without breaking the bank. And then in the NFL draft, they built the offense. They got offensive playmakers All around the board, they got center. They got an offensive rookie center there. They got two wide receivers. They brought in a tight end. They focused on building the offense. And obviously, what do you do with that? If you're going to bring these young players in, you have to build and develop them. Now, I know a lot of Broncos fans aren't very happy with the fact that George Payton decided not to pull the trigger. You have Broncos country that is happy about the decision that Denver decided, hey, look, that's way too much. And you have also a part of the fan base that says, look, this is a new gym that isn't making any decisions that John Elway would have made. And I think that's where we have a catch-22 because a lot of people, John Elway's been one of the biggest scapegoats in Denver because the team has been struggling this was a George Payton decision it shows that he's got complete control of this football team in terms of the decisions that they make and obviously I think it was the right one and what it tells me too if Drew Locke was part of this deal that Detroit wanted it tells me that George Payton wants to see a little bit more from Drew Locke I don't think George Payton is going to come in in his first month on the job get rid of a quarterback the Broncos drafted in the second round a guy who does have potential he has some potential promise he has a lot of things he has to work on and say okay we're okay with getting rid of this guy for a quarterback that, you know, obviously has been in the league some time, very experienced, could be potentially very successful altogether in Denver, decided that he's going to stick with his philosophy. They want to draft and develop young, talented football players. And that's what exactly what they're going to do. Now, what does this mean for Drew Locke right now going forward? I think the writing is on the wall. George Payton wants to see a little bit more out of Drew Locke, obviously what he's seen enough of him on film made it enough to him to say, look, okay, we're not going to include Drew in a trade package for Matthew Stafford. So that tells me that the Broncos focus this offseason. And this is something that Benjamin Albright has been talking about all offseason long, is that Denver is going to bring in a veteran quarterback through free agency. And there's going to be a training camp competition in July in Dove Valley. They're going to look to be able to do that. Or if they don't do that, they may draft a quarterback. I mean, they can make a move to maybe move up. Right now, I think the more likely, realistic path that Dever takes, bringing in a veteran to compete with Drew Lock, and if Drew Locke beats him out, that veteran can be a valuable mentor to Drew as he learns and continues to progress to be an NFL quarterback. If Drew Lock cannot beat out that veteran quarterback, I think it goes and it puts the writing on the wall. You don't have to really reevaluate QB anymore. You have your decision. Okay, look, Drew couldn't beat out this veteran guy, so that means obviously he's not the quarterback. After this season, we're going to make a full-on investment as to upgrading the quarterback position. So Denver may have to struggle in 2021 in order to see the fruits of the labor as to what the plan the front office wants to execute in future years. So obviously a lot of interesting details out there. Broncos country, I'm eager to hear your thoughts as to whether or not you were happy with the decision of George Payton to say look, okay, we're not going to try to make that trade because you're giving up too much or if you're mad that he didn't make that trade. Let me know on Twitter at @CodyWorkNFL. NFL, but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're getting into some of our mailbag Monday questions from the avid awesome listeners of Locked On Broncos but before we do that folks, I got to tell you guys to check out the sponsor of today's episode of the show and that's our good friends over there at TurboTax and you're one of a kind and so are your taxes. And as tax season approaches, that's why TurboTax Life has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and also help you get the best tax outcome possible. Maybe your moonlighting is a ride share driver and you have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. And maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert, do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help you, giving you the confidence to know that you're one of a kind, uniquely you taxes are done right into it, TurboTax Live. Getting into our Mailbag Monday questions here with the avid listeners all across Broncos country who sent in their mailbag questions to me through text message 303-529-6323. We're going to start with my man, Jeff Greidel. He says, I want to give Drew Locke one more year and see if he can be the guy before we call it quits has to be Micah Parsons or Caleb Farley for me. I'd rather go Micah Parsons than cornerback second round. I feel like we can get a good cornerback round two, more than the dominant sideline to me or inside linebacker. I'd be open to a trade back to let a team come up to collect the first next year to package to get a quarterback if Locke doesn't develop. Or get C.J. Mosley or Horn in twenty to twenty-five range. No way in hell am I taking Mac Jones outside the fourth round. Bama quarterbacks are like signing a Patriot backup quarterback to a massive contract. It just never works out. Two will be a bust. So will Mac. The talent level compared to the competition at Bama overinflates the stats. Quarterback here, Jeff. That's a lot to break down here. Uh, you know, I'm going to touch on a couple of things you mentioned. You mentioned Micah Parsons. You mentioned Caleb Farley. You now in my opinion, I think that this is just the common consensus to what a lot of people um, on NFL Draft Twitter and Broncos Draft talker are talking about Micah Parsons talented linebacker but there are some evident character concerns right now surrounding Parsons that in in my opinion I think kind of contradict what the Broncos view internally George Payton says they want guys of high character and obviously quality leadership Micah Parsons right now those traits are being called into serious question from him so obviously uh, in the whole interview process leading up to the NFL draft that's going to be a big talking point for Parsons and we'll see if anything gets cleared up there now in terms of Caleb Farley he's a phenomenal talent but there are some injury concerns with him injury history can he stay healthy he's got the potential to be very very good but would it be a great pick for Denver I feel like picking a guy like Farley who sat out of this college football season already having injury concerns as is selecting him in round number one in my opinion is very very risky it could be high reward but it's more risky than I think I would be very comfortable with doing. Uh, in terms of the Mac Jones discussion, he shined at the Senior Bowl, and and the, obviously his leadership and his qualities have been talked about there. There is some talk about him potentially being a late round one quarterback prospect in this year's NFL draft. Now, I get that the the Alabama quarterback talk, the A.J. McCarron syndrome, right? A.J. McCarron was phenomenal. Alabama came, comes into the NFL and, you know, didn't really have a, a lengthy career. I mean, he's a career backup quarterback. Now, he got in and played against Denver in that Monday night football game the 2015 season when the Bengals came to town he was dishing and diming Uh, but outside of that you know I I get the concern I get the, the cautiousness I don't think Mac Jones will be in the Broncos plans but then again You never know at this point. Who knows where the Broncos are looking and what they may be looking at. I mean, that's stuff that we're going to hopefully find out right before the NFL draft actually does happen. Kyle Manji says, I'm a Georgia fan here. I would have loved to see Stafford play for the Broncos, but two first-round picks and a third is too much, including Jared Goff, the number two overall pick from the NFL draft. I agree with you there, Kyle. I think this was a good decision by George Payton. Brendan Coleman is up next. He says... Who do you see as a realistic addition to the quarterback room? Now, uh, to be honest with you, Brendan, there's a couple options, and I've floated them out here. I think, obviously, one of the uh, the intriguing options could be Andy Dalton. I think a lot of people are talking about Dalton maybe being a guy. I do think that Dalton could be a very uh, promising developer of Drew Locke. I think he can push him in training camp, obviously, with his experience, but I also think he'd just be a great leader to have in that locker room. I mean, Like I said, I don't think that Joe Flacco is the right guy for Drew Locke to have in that locker room, and obviously Joe Flacco's comments, was, you know, not my job to mentor him. I think that kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but Andy Dalton's the type of guy who's going to be willing to help Drew out, give him the best pointers possible, Um, but then again, I mean, I don't know, and there's also Jacoby Brissett, who is a talented addition now, you know, what is his ceiling? Is it, you know, does he have much of a ceiling? I I don't know. I think he's an athletic quarterback, has the ability to be mobile, can make some really good throws, but what we saw in Indianapolis with him, he really couldn't take them to the next level the way that we saw Phillip Rivers take them to the next level, so I, I I don't know. I don't. I think if Denver is going to go out and get any quarterback, it's going to be one that they think that Drew Locke can beat out, and if Drew Locke can't beat that quarterback out, then obviously it answers their question as to whether or not Drew Locke is the guy. Rashawn Vaughn says, I'm glad that we didn't give up our young core. I don't believe that Matthew Stafford is worth all of that. And I'm quite sure the Texans will want a whole lot more for Watson. Yes, they will. Rashawn, they absolutely will. He says, I think we should roll with Drew Locke and bring in a veteran quarterback to be a backup. Drew Locke improved a lot throughout the season. Checkdowns, making the easy throw. He's only going to get better at as long as we keep the same offensive coordinator, which will help with the growth of Drew Locke. What do you think? Rashawn, look, I'm in agreement with you. Now, here's my thoughts. When I've given my analysis on Drew Locke, I've applauded the good things that he does. And I've also touched on the things that he has to absolutely improve on. Now, for Drew, I think that there's no question about it. You look at that Raiders game, the end of the season, you look at the Chargers game on the road, Drew played a really good game outside of that first interception against the Chargers I think that was a poor decision by him there but outside of that I think Drew Locke played a very clean game he improved as a quarterback as the year went on when you look at week one against Tennessee to week 17 against the Las Vegas Raiders I absolutely believe that Drew grew as a quarterback now the results weren't what Broncos fans wanted obviously 5-11 and 11 losing that's not good but there's some things that he did now he still has to go you know in my opinion a long ways in terms of his decision making his processing of the field and I also think an an exerted effort on improving his footwork. Sometimes his feet get a little bit too wide outside of his base and it leads to a high throw, it leads to an errant throw, it leads to a throw in the dirt. If he can work on footwork and the mental processing of the quarterback position I think Drew can continue to improve but I do think that bringing in a veteran quarterback to push him I think is going to be great for him. Lennon Spear says, not a question Cody but just a comment. This was the first decision that George Payton made as the GM and it was the right one to me. If anyone knows Stafford. It's him coming from the same division. And he made his own evaluation that the difference between Matt Stafford and Drew Locke wasn't enough to put our cap space at risk, which would all but guarantee other players we love would be gone. And this is the opportunity cost, Leonard. And look, I try to have this conversation with a lot of people, you know, especially like people that, you know, in my hometown that, you know, I talk Broncos football with all the time. They're always throwing these crazy ideas out there on Facebook. And also like when we, when we get together in person, And I'm telling like that, that's just so unrealistic. It doesn't make too much sense. And one of the things I want to throw to Broncos fans is we're going to see here. I I think in 2023, we're going to start to see the dilemma the Kansas City Chiefs are going to face because they're not going to be able to pay everybody to keep that talented nucleus around Patrick Mahomes. They may just focus completely on having all the talent on offense and then giving up having average to mediocre players on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think that they're going to be able to pay some of these key players. And that's going to be the pitfall of obviously the Patrick Mahomes homes contract situation there. Now for Denver, I think that the Broncos have a lot of young talent. We saw them build that. And by the time their rookie contracts expire, you have to pay some of them. You're going to pay Cortland Sutton here in the near future. And you want to be able to afford to pay guys like that, that put up the type of production that they do. Now, obviously we all feel bad that Sutton missed out in 2020, but I, I think that the the thought process here is that he's going to come back in 2021 He's going to be better than he ever has been. And he's been putting in the work. That's where his mindset is at right now, according to people close to Cortland Sutton. So that's something I'm excited about, but I do agree with you. You know, if you want to pay and you want to break the bank for a guy like Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford, you're going to have to give up some of these key players that you've grown to love as a Broncos fan. And you're going to have to live with them going elsewhere. And then there's going to be a whole conversation on social media that we're going to have back and forth about the Broncos don't take care of their guys. Well, look, you have to have good players around a quarterback. You really do. And I get that that's the talking point right now is that quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. But you have to have the, the surrounding talent. You have to have a good cornerback, in my opinion. You have to have good safeties. You have to have a good linebacker. You have to have at least one good pass rusher. And you have to have a good offensive line and some talented playmakers around him, a quarterback, in order for that guy to be successful. It's not just all quarterback. You can have the most elite quarterback in the world, him alone is going to win you games, but it's not going to be the the, the end-all, be-all. And I think that's where we get so caught up in this discussion, is that one quarterback's going to change everything. It can. It can. It definitely can for certain instances, but it's only going to be temporary. Do you want to win in the short term or do you want to build for potentially long-term? That's why if the Broncos can go out there and they can find a young quarterback, if it happens to be Drew Locke, if it happens to be maybe a guy that they look at drafting either this year or next year, You have to focus extensively on developing that player and hoping he can transform into somebody who can compete within the division, can elevate the guys around him. That's really, at the end of the day, how it all works. But Broncos Country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to continue with our questions here. We're going to get to my man Jared Muchler coming up next, folks. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about the two other sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar and Betaline.ag. And you guys know me. I love Built Bar a lot. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It tastes legitimately like a candy bar. And it is delicious, folks. And they have amazing flavors. 18 of them to be exact. And some of my favorites, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, and even toffee almond. I I love Bilt Bar. It tastes really delicious, including nut and non-nut flavors that you can have, especially if you have any types of allergies the bars are also covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and they're easy to chew. And one thing I like about Bilt Bar too, is that they're actually healthy for you. And me, I'm on a big health kick right now. And I have been And Bilt Bar is great for those who are health conscious like myself. It helps me lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat to be able to bite into chocolate because the bars are low calorie, they're low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And you can get your hands on a box of Bilt Bar today by going to BiltBar.com. And using promo code LOCKED ON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Just use promo code LOCKED ON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Com. And our good friends over there, betonline.ag. The Super Bowl is coming up this weekend, folks. And there is only one place that has you covered. There's only one place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. And you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And you can use promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, to receive a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up and make a deposit. As I mentioned, the Super Bowl, they have player props, they have game odds, and you don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore. You can get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Before we get to my man Jared's question on today's Mailbag Monday, I just got to tell you guys about one of the new podcasts we have here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're covering everything you need to know about the team that you root for. Well, what about the rest of the sports, right? Now, Locked On Podcast Rick has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. You can subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. But well, let's get into my man Jared's mailbag Monday thought of the day here. He says, still concerned with the question I sent to you last week. The narrative on almost every Broncos news feed I see is just assuming that A.J. Bouye, Melvin Gordon, and Jarrell Casey are cuts this offseason for cap space. Did they all three really play bad enough to warrant them being cut. Outside of just looking at statistics, does the All-22 show them all struggling that badly this season? Obviously, the suspensions are an issue, but is that worth just trashing three of our four biggest offseason acquisitions from last year? Really want to hear more about this because the narrative last season was that these three would be the key pieces to the team hard to see that the narratives change so much that they will all be cut for cap space. I mean, Jared, this is an interesting point as I talked to you uh, last week in the text here. Now, in terms of A.J. Bouye, I thought A.J. Bouye, when he was healthy, played relatively well, especially going against, you know, some of the opposing team's best wide receivers. And we obviously saw the Broncos struggles without both he and Bryce Callahan. Um, However, you know, the Broncos trading for these players, trading for Bouye, trading for Jarrell Casey, they have the opportunity to make some of these decisions I think will better put them into a new cap situation. Now the Broncos have a brand new GM and that new GM could evaluate things completely differently. They could look at AJ Bouye. They know that cornerback is a big need for them this offseason. They could cut AJ Bouye. Now that's been the talk about as to something that they could do. Obviously he's going to miss the first two games. However, if I'm the Broncos, I personally I would keep A.J. Bouye if you're not planning on trading for a guy like Marshawn Lattimore or if you're not trying to bring in another big-name cornerback. I think you keep Bouye because he does have the capability of being a very impactful player for the Broncos defensively. Melvin Gordon was a very unpopular signing to many Broncos fans. However, his production and what he did absolutely spoke volumes to why the Broncos brought him in. Now, yes, he did have a couple of fumbles on the season that were pretty costly altogether, but down the stretch, he was the Broncos' best tailback. Um, Now, I think that they could void some of the guarantees in his contract due to the suspension, if, if it is actually handed down by the National Football League. I'm not quite sure outside of that. Now, in terms of Jarrell Casey, he's still under contract with the Broncos. But if the Broncos really want to make a concerted effort, if they really value signing Shelby Harris to a long-term deal, they would more than likely have to cut Jarrell Casey to be able to make that possible. Devers still has to work on a contract extension for Justin Simmons and for a guy like Shelby Harris. You can't do that. You can't pay those guys if Jarrell Casey's you know still there. I mean, you can find ways to maneuver the cap there, but Denver they'd be better off by saving cap by cutting a guy like Jarrell Casey if in fact they were going to focus that money that you'd be paying Casey towards an extension with a player at the same position like Shelby Harris. I didn't think they played bad enough to warrant them all being cut however a new general manager changes the scope of the landscape in Denver Clinton Morris is up next. Cliss said Detroit wanted Locke and that was just too far. To me Denver doesn't want to give up Locke because they actually do believe in him. They just want competition to push him. With that I don't think they go after Deshaun Watson either. What what do you think happens? Draft the quarterback or go after someone like Fitz or Dalton? I think the Broncos, they I think they go with the veteran route. like I said, you know, uh, obviously for Denver not wanting to part ways with Drew Locke and that deal says that they want to see a little bit more out of him. I mean I, I think that's just plain and simple. The writing is on the wall there for Drew. So uh, it's going to be intriguing to see what the Broncos decide to do once the new league year rolls around here in about seven weeks as to maybe what some of their plans are. Nick Madonna who says, do we have to worry about Zach Azani leaving? Um, you know, Nick, this is a great question because this was not really talked about altogether, but Zach Azani Azani was receiving some interest, I believe, from the Jacksonville Jaguars as to being their wide receiver coach. Uh, and obviously there was some interest there, but Zach Azani is now staying in Denver. They believe they they hired the Seattle Seahawks wide receiver coach to coach that position there. Um, but I don't believe that you're going to have to worry about Azani leaving, at least in 2021. But he could be up for some job offers. He could be, uh, you know, offered to go coach at the collegiate level. Um, he was a sought after candidate not too long ago. I believe it was a couple years ago, but he's a very promising young coach that many people have their eye on right now now. Around the league. Devin Madero says, First off, love the podcast and all the content and insight that you bring. We've seen flashes of what Drew Locke can be, but what does he need to do to take that next step forward and become a true franchise quarterback? Uh, you gotta win games. I think obviously that's one of them, right? And winning's not just a quarterback statistic. Winning, I mean, football is a team game, and so many people tend to neglect that. There's eleven players on the field at a time, and if one player doesn't do his job, it can affect the outcome of a play, it can affect the outcome of a game entirely. Now, for Drew, I think he's just gotta continue to progress. I think he's gotta be much better with his decision-making. I think he could be a lot quicker with it. Um, he's got to stop forcing balls into windows of triple coverage, double coverage at times. He's just got to be able to trust the guys around him, trust his offensive line, trust his skill players. And also, too, you know, some of the mistakes that Drew made and, and the other quarterbacks made this 2020 season, a lot of that also could have been the wide receiver not running the proper route. I mean, this is just stuff that not a lot of us know. I mean, this is something that Vic Fangio has told us or, you know, Pat Shurmur has told us in media sessions and on certain plays that guys didn't run the right routes. They didn't get the You know the right amount of depth on a play, and that led to either a safety, a cornerback, or you know a flat defender maybe jumping the route or being in that passing window. All these things factor in. You know, quarterback, yes, quarterback's making a throw, but at the end of the day, it's everybody has to do their job. So I, I think decision making, footwork, those things that I mentioned earlier, things that Drew has to do to maybe take the next step forward. And if he can improve those things, and if the Broncos can come away with wins, if Drew can be better on third down, if Drew can be better in the red zone or even on first down, I think the Broncos have the potential to do some damage. But you know what type of damage will it be? The AFC West is very tough and, and everybody right now is comparing Denver to the rest of the AFC West. They're comparing Drew Locke to the other quarterbacks, but I think comparison is the thief of joy and it makes you lose out on the bigger picture at the end of the day. Luke Hutchinson is up next. Season. I'm glad they weren't going to mortgage the future for a quarterback who is good but still needs the team to be strong around him. What percentage chance is it that the Broncos trade a second or a third or something like that for a guy like Sam Darnold? Percentage chance that the Broncos are still considering a quarterback in the tier of Wilson or Fields. Now, here's the deal, too. I'm going to touch on the Sam Darnold thing. I think Sam Darnold, if the Broncos were to make any kind of deal for Darnold, he would come in and he'd be the instant starter in Denver. There'd be no competition between him and Drew Lockheed. He'd be the evident pencil in starter week one whenever the Broncos played, whoever they played. Uh, in terms of the draft status, maybe the Broncos going after the quarterback. I still think that there's a 65% chance that the Broncos are interested in a quarterback in this year's draft. And when I think about the, the quarterbacks I think about the teams ahead of Denver, it's way too early to tell right now based on not seeing what these teams do in free agency. But I can tell you this, I can see Trevor Lawrence going early. I can see Justin Fields going early. I believe that Zach Wilson will be the third quarterback off the board. I imagine, I mean, if Zach Wilson is there at number nine, I don't know. I, I don't know at this point if Denver would be like, hey, look, we're going to pass up on this guy. I think Denver would take Zach Wilson if he was available there. Now, then again, so much has to happen now in free agency prior to the NFL draft. I think to really be sure as to where Denver is going. So this is going to be something we're going to continue to monitor all offseason long as the buildup for the draft gets here. I'm not going to engage too much in any mock drafts right now once free agency, once the Broncos make a couple of moves in free agency, that's when I'm going to start the mock draft talk and obviously talk about the NFL draft because Denver has some needs that they have to address internally with some of the guys on their own roster and before they go out and they, you know, make a push for some of these other guys that will be free agents or maybe they may inquire about trading for certain players. Uh, but Before we do all that stuff, you have to focus on what's ahead, right? And what's ahead next is the new league year NFL free agency. Then we'll get to the draft talk after that. But you know, then again, like I said, if Zach Wilson is there at nine when Denver's on the clock, I think they would have a hard time saying no to him. But Broncos country, thank you so much for all of your Mailbag Monday questions here on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. I appreciate your engagement. I appreciate your insight. Just know all offseason long, we have you guys covered here. Now the Super Bowl is this weekend, but after the Super Bowl, we're actually going to start our new series here on the podcast where we take a look back and we go through our position reviews. We're going through, I've been going through the all 22 t- I've been taking notes on all the players that have played for the Broncos in 2020. And we're going to go through position reviews, offense, and defense. We're going to take a look at needs and whether or not players need to be brought back. We're going to look at that under the microscope here next week after the Super Bowl airs. But this week, you can have coverage as to whatever's happening in Broncos country and also some of the biggest topics as well that are being discussed by fans, by media analysts alike. We're going to break it down on Lockdown Broncos, your favorite podcast provider. But with that said, Broncos country, make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast in your favorite podcast provider. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. And if you want in on the text line, 303-529-6323. We'll have you covered here all week long, every single day, all offseason long here on Lockdown Broncos. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.